0: Listening to the Miracle Word Podcast, we believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. You saw in the title what I'm going to do. I want to give you... Five Bible passages that changed my life and ministry forever. I mean, in in a way that, um, it's not just like I had a mindset change. It was that it changed the trajectory of my life and ministry. And I, and I'm not being flippant about this. I truly mean this, these five things. And you're going to know as I go through these different thoughts, um, you're going to know that that's the case because you'll hear me quote these often, you know, even on the broadcaster while I'm preaching. And so, uh, I want you to take notes on these because these same exact, um, thought processes or processes from the Bible will help you as well and send your life in a new trajectory. Um, Robert, you have, you're responsible Uh, And this is a question that can be answered for everyone. Why do you think I've been struggling with my faith? Do you think that it's the enemy trying to plant false lies in my head? Um, Faith, like a muscle, has to be built constantly, has to be curated. Uh, And that'd be something that'd be great for every person to put in the comments today. Faith has to be curated, has to be built like a muscle. You can have, and, and by the way, God's not in charge of how much faith you have and the Bible's clear on that God is not in charge of how much faith you have uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and so the more you fill yourself uh, with the word of God not just reading it but listening to Holy Ghost preaching and teaching it builds your faith morning Charlie what's up Isaiah it builds your faith And so faith has to be curated, has to be taken care of. It is like a spiritual muscle that has to be built. Good morning, Jess Burton. Um, And Dylan, love you. So, Robert, if the enemy is trying to attack your faith, double down. You double down on reading the word of God, double down on listening to preaching and teaching, double down to reading reading books that will build your faith from anointed men of God with proven ministries, and you build it. You continue to build it uh, and remember that you're responsible for your level of faith. Now, the Bible says God has given to every man uh, a level of faith or uh, God has given to every man uh, a measure, if you want to say it that way, a measure of faith puts everybody at a certain level. Some look at that as saving faith, but you have to build it. You have to build it. And faith comes by hearing the word of God. Mike is recommending that Robert check out Mountain Moving Faith on Miracle Word University. Of course, I'd recommend that as well. It's why we release these courses. They will help you. Uh, they'll help you a ton. And uh, in that same thought process, in that same vein, we're talking today about um, five Bible passages that changed my life and ministry forever. It'll never be the same after getting this revelation uh, in my spirit. And, um, each one of these represents to me, um, an understanding that has really taken me to the next level in in these areas. And and when you get revelation, I want to preface by saying this, when you get revelation of God's word that you've never had, it allows you to walk at another level of, of manifestation in your life, in your business, in your ministry, whatever, your family. Because remember this, John eight thirty two, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free or the truth will make you free. So when you recognize this, the, the more revelation of God's truth that you have, the higher you will fly the higher you will see God's manifestations of His power in your life because all of that comes through uh, the revelation of His Word. That's John eight thirty two, the Gospel of John, chapter 8 and verse 32. So I want to break these down and I'll show you uh, the verses in each thought process that shook me into this different level of thinking. And, uh, and show you why, and then show you why it's helped me and how it's going to help you as well. So I want you to grab a notebook, if you will, and uh, I'm going to go through these with you. You're welcome, Ashley. God bless you. Um, I'm going to take you through these five areas that really shook me to another, another realm. It really did. And we've seen the, the increase and blessing in our ministry because of each of these. So they'll help you a lot. The first one um, is um, the thought process that, number one, the Word of God is spiritual nutrition. Th- this is the first thought process that really, it hit me so hard, and I recognized this, this truth from, from, the, from the Word and, and spiritually. The Word of God is spiritual nutrition, when I recognized this, and then the Lord took me through these passages and used men of God to help me understand this, it blew my mind to another level. Blew my mind to another level. The word of God is spiritual nutrition. This is number one. When I got this, it took me higher. I remember when I first recognized it, I was listening to Bishop David Oyedepo teach. At one point, and um, he was—I was—I was actually listening to him uh, teach in uh, Queens College in, in New York City, and um, and, and, he, and he started to teach on this, and then out of the blue, he just kind of he just kind of hit this real quick, and he, and he was talking about how the Word of God is spiritual nutrition to your body. Into your mind, and your spirit. And he broke down what the Bible says about itself, right? He went to Ephesians first and talked about levels of nutrition. And he talked first about how the word of God is water. And he dealt with Ephesians chapter five, that God has cleansed the church using the washing of water by the word. The washing of water by the word. So he talked about the fact that The word of God is water at one level and it's good for washing and refreshing. But then he moved on to the next level. He said uh, the word of God is also milk for young baby Christians. And he dealt with uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where Paul told the Corinthian church that uh, I still have to give you the milk. You're not mature so I've got to give you the milk. He moved on and talked about how Jesus who is the word said he was the bread of life. So the word is not just water, it's not just milk, but the word is bread. He said, I am the bread that has come down from heaven. I am the bread that has come down from heaven. So he dealt with how the word of God is bread. And then he went on to talk about uh, what Hebrews said, the strong meat of the word. He talked about how the word of God was meat at another level for mature Christians. And he talked about how you don't feed steaks to newborn babies. You don't feed heavy meat to uh, little kids who haven't even had all their teeth come in yet in the same way. So uh, he talked about that. And then he went on to talk about how the word of God is referred to as honey in scripture. And so it is sweet to the taste, sweet to the taste. It is a, it's a it's a, a refreshing thing. It's something that is uh, it lifts you up, it builds you up. And then he finally talked about the wine of the word, which is intoxicating to the point where you do things, you're so, it so fills you with faith that you'll do things you never planned on doing. It puts you in such a position of faith that you'll step out and go beyond your natural mind and you'll do things that you never imagined yourself even trying to accomplish because of the wine of the word. It intoxicates you with power. And he deals with those things. Well, when he got that uh, in my spirit, the Lord started leading me to different passages uh, of scripture and showed how that the, as we, uh, as we um, ingest, I think that's the best word, as we ingest the word of God, as we take it in, it begins to become or produce things in our lives that we need. And Aaron uh, brings out a good point as we're talking about these levels of maturity. How can you know where you're at spiritually? Well, I, I think a great place, and not to take this broadcast in this direction, but it is a good question because when you're looking at those uh, things and say, well, you know, I know the water of the word is good for washing and then the milk is for babies. Um, I think that when you start to realize, you know, you've been saved a while, you've been discipled, you know, you can also look at your maturity level by where you're at in your understanding of the Word of God, your discipleship level, meaning how you're pressing in. How are you dedicating your life to God? You know, are you at the place where you really don't understand anything about the Bible? Or do you understand the doctrines of Scripture? You know, your, your level of understanding changes your level of maturity, your level of dedication changes your level of uh, maturity. You look at little kids. Little kids always have to be told to brush their teeth. Always have to be told, you know, to flush the toilet. Always have to be told to close the refrigerator. You know, but as you become an adult, no one has to stand over your shoulder and tell you to brush your teeth and tell you to close the refrigerator and close. You don't have to be led like that. So another good way to look at it is, am I, uh, upkeeping my spiritual disciplines without, without having to be hounded, you know, by a spiritual leader, a pastor, you know, I don't have to be told to pick up my Bible every day and read it. I don't have to be told to pray every day faithfully. I don't have to be, they don't have to hound me to, to come to church faithfully or to tithe or to give. So your dedication to the kingdom also shows your level of maturity and your level and where you're at spiritually. So, you know, am I witnessing, am I spreading the gospel? Am I telling people about Jesus? You know, those those are good things to look at. Another great thing to look at for spiritual maturity, a good marker in your life, is are you still easily offended by everything? Are you easily angered by people? Or have you gotten control of yourself to the point where you, you can forgive easily? Not that it's not hard on your flesh, but you're not offended by every single thing that's happened in your life. You're not offended. You know, always upset at somebody and living in drama all the time. That's a good marker that I've come up to a level of maturity where I've got control of my, of myself. I've got control of my mind and my emotions and I'm not lashing out. You know, I'm not angry at people all the time. I'm not offended all the time. Uh, uh, and then final marker I'll give you, Aaron is this, and this could have been a broadcast in and of itself, but I'm just giving you abbreviated notes. Um, The final marker is you can take correction. You can take correction uh, and reproof and take a rebuke and not let it make you mad or leave church or go somewhere else or get offended. You actually just take it and apply it to your life and make the changes that are necessary. That is a major sign of extreme maturity. That's a major sign of extreme maturity in the kingdom of God. Immature people cannot take correction. They cannot take a rebuke. They get angry, they get their feelings hurt, they break down, and they leave and they go to another church. Well, they don't they don't love me over there. They don't no, you can't take correction. So let those things be markers. And if you need to go back and play through the broadcast again uh, to listen and write those things down, you can do it. So when I realized that you could ingest the word of God and uh, when you when you ingest the word of God, it begins to do certain things in your life. It's like, think about when you, uh, you know, when you have a, kids that start, you know, downing sugar, or maybe they were eating sugar and you didn't even know they were. And then after your kids have pounded all this sugar, they're bouncing off the walls. You know, I, I can hear my wife saying to Teddy, no, in Brooklyn, no more sugar for you tonight. No more sugar, nothing else. You're having water, no more sugar, no candy, no sweets, no treats. You know, Brooklyn will break into that freezer. She will eat uh, ice pops until the cows come home. She will find ice creams and ice pops and that I'm telling you, that's her thing. And this Teddy's thing. And they'll get in there, can I have an ice pop? Can I have an ice pop? Can I have an ice pop? They'll eat 17 a day if you let them. But then what happens? They ingest all that sugar and what does the sugar do? hits that bloodstream and they're on a sugar rush and they're bouncing off the walls and running around the house screaming. What happened? When they ingested that, it did something in their body that made them or produced a change, right? It produced a change. They might've been docile before that. And then the sugar hit the bloodstream, went to a whole nother level real quick, real quick. So I recognized the same thing happens. Same thing happens when we ingest the word of God. It hits our spirit man and begin, it begins to make changes, begins to make visible changes. You say, what kind of changes? Well, this is why you hear me quote these verses so often, right? So, for example, uh, in Acts 20, 32, Paul said to the Ephesian elders, now I commend you to God, and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all, amongst all those that are sanctified. So look at that passage and realize that the word of God's grace, when it comes into you, it builds you up. Number one, it builds you up. It gives you your inheritance. Number two. So having the word in you and acting on the word unlocks divine inheritance. In the earth. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. It unlocks it. When you understand it, have a revelation of it, and you obey it and step out on it, it unlocks your inheritance. That's two things that happen when you ingest the word. Number three, a third thing that will happen when you ingest the word, and I quote this often. When I got this verse in my spirit and found it, whew, it, it took me to another level. Where, where Jeremiah wrote, Jeremiah 15, 16, I quote this often. Lord, I found your words and I did eat them and they became unto me the joy and rejoicing of my soul or of my heart, Jeremiah 15, 16. So when he ingested the word, look what happened. He found out that the word of God is a source of joy for your soul and for your heart. It's a fuel source of joy. So when I read this word, when I ingest it, it does and must produce joy in my soul. The word of God produces joy as I ingest it, as I devour it, because that's one of the things that happens when it hits my spirit man. The word produces joy. Yeah, we're still on number one. Number one is uh, the, the word of God is spiritual nutrition. The word of God is spirit. I'm giving you the thought processes with the scriptures that changed my life and ministry. The first one, I'm still on number one, is that the word of God is spiritual nutrition. And I'm breaking this thought process down for you. That every time it hits your spirit, it produces multiple things on the inside of you. It, it builds you up, Acts 20:32. It gives you your inheritance, Acts 20:32. It produces joy in your soul. Jeremiah 15, 16. And no, I understand, Caitlin. And so that's another thing. It it, it produces joy as you ingest it. Number number four, according to Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22, listen to this. This is another thing that it does uh, as you ingest it. See, this this changed my life when I realized all of this. Uh, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22, my son. Be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and healing, 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 healing to all their flesh. Whoo, glory to God, healing to all their flesh. So when I ingest the word and it goes into my body, guess what? It's producing healing in my flesh. Producing healing in my flesh. So that's another thing that gets produced when I ingest the word. Healing comes into my body. It builds me up. It gives me my inheritance. It brings me joy. It brings me healing. Well, what else does it do? Uh, The Lord spoke to Joshua when he took over for Moses as the leader of the nation of Israel. And in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible said, uh, the Lord spoke to him and said, take this book of the law and don't let it depart from your mouth. Now, I'm, I'm going to stop there and let you let you hear something today. Don't let it depart, depart from where? Your mouth, not your mind, not your eyes, not your heart. Don't let it depart from your mouth. That means that Joshua was to continually speak the word, speak the word. But But notice what I taught yesterday. You can't speak something you don't believe which means in, in 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 order for Joshua to continually have been able to speak the word that means he had to be able to hear the word or read the word and it got in his heart and he believed it the apostles said we because we have the same spirit of faith we believe and therefore we speak you can't speak things you don't believe there's no power in that. You can't, it'll not come out of, Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. So for Joshua to have that book of the law continually not depart from his mouth, that means it had to be in his heart already, which means he read it, he heard it. He, he. Re, uh, well, what, what did God say next? Meditate upon it day and night. Well, there you go. Joshua 1.8, meditate upon it day and night so that you will be careful to do all that's written herein. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. So there's the next one. As I ingest the word and as I act on it and as I speak it, notice I'll make my way prosperous and I'll have good success. So the word of God goes into me and it begins to make me prosperous. It brings me success. And as I follow the word of God, it takes me into a successful place in life. It has to. It is the word of life. It is the word of life. So look at all these things the Lord opened up to me just through one thought process. My word is spiritual nutrition. My word, number one, is spiritual nutrition. And there it is. There it is. It's uh, something that builds you up. It's something that gives you your inheritance. It is something that fills you with joy. It is something that fills you with healing. It is something that makes your way prosperous and you have good success. Ezekiel said during his call, Ezekiel chapter two, the word, I heard him speaking unto me and the word came came into me. And he said it entered into me and set me upon my feet. So the word will establish you. I mean, I could go on and on with this, get this number one thought process in your spirit. And that is this, the word of God comes into you and begins to produce what God wants it to produce in your life, in your business, in your ministry, in your family, in your mind. And it's all of these things. It's a building up. It's a, it's an obtaining of your inheritance. It's joy, it's healing, it's success. It is establishing you in your purpose. No question, no question. And that's the first thing I wanted to cover today that when I got that revelation and realized it, because you know, there's people They'll just read their Bible and think, well, you know, this is my Christian duty to read my Bible. You know, I just got to read my Bible. And and that's, that's how they think. It's like just some dead Christian discipline. And it's so far, it's so far beyond that, that if people would get it, it's like, remember something, the word is alive. That's what you can never forget. Put it in the comments. The word is alive. It's alive, man. This is going to be a meat-filled broadcast. So, you know, you just have to be as attentive as you can. Uh, you may have to re-watch, but this is going to be just full of meat. It's it's going to be just tons of content. So you're going to have to just, uh, even if you have to rewatch later and take notes. The word is alive, man. I'll give you two verses of scripture What that... that show you what I mean. Uh, John 6, 63. Jesus said, The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The word is alive. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 12, right? That's a very famous passage. For the word of God is living and active. Glory to God. The Word of God is living and active. That's okay, Caitlin. Just just listen to it and let it it get into your spirit. You can go back and and go in for notes later. Let this just get into your spirit. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and the discerning of thoughts and intentions of the heart. So the Word of God is alive. It's not just, you know, I've got to read these pages. I've got to read, the, read these, you know, words on a page. It's just, you know, it's my Christian discipline. No, no. You are ingesting a living thing, right? Uh, the, 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 the closest thing I can, I can think to compare this to, um, th- that's the same thing, Tiff, isn't it, that we do? Like it, when we, if you're drinking pre and probiotics, like that stuff is alive, you know, gets it for your gut health. I don't know if you guys drink pre and probiotics for your gut health, but that's why there's like a, you know, th- those things expire quickly. That That's a living thing, you know, that goes into your into your gut and it's a good thing. It's a good thing, brings about gut health. But you know, you're not just, you're not drinking something, you're not eating something dead, you're not drinking something dead, it's alive. And it goes into your, into your body and begins to produce. And that's the same with the word of God. It's not dead, it's not, you're not just putting, you know, stuff, they go, you know, well, this is just stuff written thousands of years ago and it's probably not even relevant. No, this is a living word. It's alive. And it produces as you uh, uh, ingest it. It produces as you ingest it. And God said about his own word that when he sends it out, it always accomplishes what he sent it to do, never returns to him empty or void and prospers in the thing where he sent it. And that's the key. That is the key. So that was thought process number one, that the word of God is spiritual nutrition. We're ingesting spiritual nutrition. That right there changed my whole framework of my life and ministry. It even, it even changed. And, and listen, I grew up Pentecostal. I understand, you know, it's not like I didn't think the word was alive, but when you get it on that level and you start to realize, man, now when I read the word of God or when I listen to someone, uh, preach or teach or whatever. I'm not just hearing words. There is a spiritual force. There's a spiritual substance that's going into my body. It's going into my mind. It's going into my spirit. It's alive. And it's it's literally adding to me what needs to be added. And it's removing from me what needs to be removed. It's a living force. And man, that will shake you to another level to get that in your spirit and understand uh, those principles. Principle number two. Principle number two. Man, I gotta hurry. I got, it's already almost 10 after 11. I took some time on that one, I understand. Uh, principle number two. The life of the believer is meant to constantly... Increase. That's realization number two that I wish every Christian would get. I'm going to say it again. The life of the believer is meant to constantly increase. That right there. Get that. The life of the believer is meant to constantly increase. Every day, every week, every month, every year. The life of the believer is meant to constantly increase. That's, that's mindset, understanding number two. Huge. This is huge. If, if I told you how many different believers that are full gospel, Pentecostal, that have a belief or a mindset that we just never know what life's going to throw at us, up one year, down the next year. You know, we just got to roll with the punches. Sometimes the struggle is real. If I told you how many Pentecostal Christians think like that and believe like that, it would blow your mind. And that's not scriptural. It's not by any means scriptural. I'll take you again uh, to a verse that we quote often. Proverbs chapter 4 and uh, verse 18. Verse 18. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until full day. So get this now. The path of the righteous. <clears throat> the path of the righteous. It, the, the, the writer here is explaining to us what it's like. It is like the light of dawn. You know, sun, sunrise, and then the light of dawn begins to rise. Brighter and brighter and brighter. <clears throat> so what's the point? The point is, we're not called to diminish by any means. We are not called to diminish. We're not called to go... You know, from one year having a great year to the next year being in a heavy struggle, dropping off, going down. We are not called to do that. The life of the believer is to constantly increase the path of the righteous. The path you're on as a righteous person, it doesn't have ups and downs. It just has ups. God is calling you higher. And when I, when I fully got this in my spirit that, you know, it's not like, you know, cause I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be very honest with you. Wow. That, that threw me off. I was expecting this to be hot and cause it's in a mug and it was cold. Um, <laughs> I'm a you when I was younger and I don't know where I got this. I don't know if it was just something that came up in my flesh. I don't know if it's something I, I don't, I don't, I don't know where I got this. But I used to have this mindset, well, if God's blessing you, and I'll be very honest with you, I thought like this, if God's blessing you now, and you see this like influx, like this heavy harvest coming in, it's because he's setting you up to get through hard times later. I really did. Like I had, I don't know where that came from. I don't know why I thought like that, but it's like. You see God doing things, you see God blessing you, and it's like, oh yeah, the reason he must be giving me all this more than enough now is to carry me through uh, you know, the rough patches that are coming. And it was the weirdest thing. It was like I had this, I had this uh, train of thought that, well, if God's blessing me abundantly, it's because he knows there's a time coming where there's not, I won't have enough, and so I have more than enough now so that you know, it'll all even out by the end. Not even recognizing that that's not God's character. That's not God's nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it, Liz. To get me through the famine. You know, almost like a Joseph mindset. Old Testament. Like he's giving me these years of abundance or this, this blessing of abundance because there's some times of famine coming and he's trying to get me through. And that's what I thought about God. And that's, man, was I wrong. I was absolutely, unequivocally wrong. That's not what the Bible teaches, and that's not God's plan for the believer. He doesn't bless you because there's a rough patch coming. He blesses you based upon your dedication, and it's his nature to bless you and to keep on blessing you and to keep on lifting you higher and higher and higher. And and we can't limit God by saying, well, you know, he's blessing us now because there's a real, as if God can't bless you when the world's in a mess. You're like, what what a crazy thought. Like, he's blessed me now because there's something rough coming to America and I I just don't know how we're going to get through it. So he had to bless me when things were going good. You think God is limited by whether things are going well or not in a nation? What a crazy way to think about God. God's not limited by the NASDAQ or the Dow Jones. God's not limited by the White House. He's not limited by the culture. He's not limited by uh, Wall Street and he's not limited by global banks if he has to send ravens with Big Macs in their mouth to bless you, he'll do that. He'll do that. So God, I had to get my thinking straight. I had to use the word of God to get my thinking straight. And uh, I started to recognize, like with verses like this, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. What's going on in the world has nothing to do with what's going on with me or you. We're not on this world system. We serve a miracle-working God. We serve a supernatural God. I mean, it's so funny. It's, it seems so simple, but what a powerful song. You know, when I was in Jamaica, you know, they sang this song, and it's like, it's not complex. It's very easy. You know the words because they're the same words, but they used to do this song when I was in Jamaica. He's a miracle-working God. He's a miracle working God, he's a wonder, he's a miracle. He's a miracle working God. And that's the whole song. He's a miracle working God, he's a miracle working God. He's a wonder, he's a miracle, he's a miracle working God. And that's who we serve. That's who he is. Why would I ever think he has a hard time blessing me when things get thin in the world? He's not limited. Our God is not limited. Look at throughout the Old Testament, the New Testament. God was producing increase for people in times of famine and drought. He did miracles. He provided. He's not limited by what's going on. He's not limited by what's going on. Listen to Isaiah. This is the other one that that hit me hard in this vein. That the, the life of the believer is is called to, we're called to constantly increase. Constantly increase. Uh, Isaiah 48. That's right. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad. Going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad. Uh, Isaiah 48 and, and verse 17. I quote this one to you often because I want these things to get in your spirit. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One, Of Israel, I am the Lord your God that teaches you to profit and leads you in the way you should go. Now, contextually, this is a call to Jacob, Old Testament. But you know what the Bible says, don't you, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14? The Bible says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Do you honestly think that God was leading his Old Testament children into supernatural increase, the tribe of Jacob? And you look at those that were uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the tribes of Israel. You honestly think that he was doing that nationally for those people, but though Hebrews says we have a better covenant established upon better promises. When people disagree that this is something that we could see as the New Testament church, I'd like to ask them, so what changed about God? Because what I read in my Bible is it says, I'm, I'm the Lord your God. I do not change, Malachi chapter 3. I do not change. God's nature doesn't change. His methods, you know, he doesn't change. And so he's the same. What changed about God that he could lead these people into a place of profit, P-R-O-F-I-T, and uh, in the way they should go, that they would always have an abundance, they'd always be blessed? How could he do it for them? But now we, as Christians in the new covenant, we have the leading of the Holy Spirit, which they didn't have, They didn't have that. That's that's a New Testament benefit. He sent the Holy Spirit to every individual that uh, receives it. And notice this, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will lead you and guide you into all truth. So we're going to be led by the Spirit, but God's not going to bless us in the same way? Nonsense. That's foolishness. And when I realized the path of the just is supposed to increase steadily. Why? The Spirit of God's leading us. Uh, And teaching us to profit, leading us in the way we should go. And when he leads us, he never leads us to diminish. He always leads us into blessing. And so that was number two. Shook my life up to recognize and understand that God uh, leads us in a way that the life of the believer should always increase. If I'm not increasing, there's something I need to check in my life. If I'm not increasing... If I'm not increasing financially, I need to check my sewing. Say, so where's what's going on with my sewing? How come I'm not seeing financial increase? My sewing's wrong. That's the only thing it could be. My sewing's wrong. If I'm not if I'm not seeing peace, I need to check, I need to check that area of my life. See what's coming into my spirit, what's coming into my life, what's coming into my house, what am I allowing in? And I need to make an adjustment there. If I don't see increased peace, increased joy, I need to check it out. Something's wrong. If I don't see increase in my relationships, increased love, increased, uh, you know, however you want to say it, camaraderie, uh, um, whatever community, if I'm not seeing that something's up, why are my relationships falling apart? Something's wrong. No, no, Robert, there should not be seasons that are low seasons. There should be never-ending increase through the life of a believer. I'm not saying that the devil won't attack. But just because the devil attacks doesn't mean that we have to fall to the attack or lose as we fight that battle. And and just because things happen doesn't mean it's God's plan or uh, that God uh, designed it or brought it to pass at all. And so just because there's an attack, as I've said before, It's scriptural to be attacked, it is unscriptural to be defeated. It is scriptural to be attacked, but it is unscriptural to be defeated. One of the reasons that so many Christians struggle, Robert, is because they don't have proper doctrine preached into their spirit, because they go to churches that don't preach full gospel truth. If you go to a Church of God church that teaches that God's got a struggle. He's taking you through the struggle. God's dragging you through the mud. He's coming, bring you out on the other side with a test. There ain't no testimony without a test. If you go to churches like that where they just constantly preach it on how God's called you to suffering, God's called, He's taking you through this time of suffering because He's getting ready to work it out in you. If that's the kind of church that you go to and that's the doctrine you are preached all the time, then you have a problem. You have a problem and so the reason you have a problem is because that's not what God does so you've got churches and it's not just the Church of God that you hear a lot of these things and now you hear it in assemblies of God churches where they won't even teach proper doctrine that's in their own uh, 16 fundamental truths about things like divine healing and now you've got and it's a joke it's an absolute joke That you've got people that are supposed to be full gospel preachers that now are, are putting doubt and unbelief into the hearts of people because they themselves struggle with the truth. And so, that's one of the main reasons that Christians struggle. That's one of the reasons Christians struggle. They don't have sufficient truth to overcome, and that's what I, that's why I dealt with. Number one, what I dealt with. The Word of God is a spiritual nutrition to be ingested. When you get it, John eight thirty two, you fly at another level. You fly at another level. You build your faith to a place where you're not defeated by every every attack that flies through life. What do you think? It's an accident, that that are, that are. Uh, that's right, uh, Tom. Many pastors are struggling with the truth right now. I just passed through Uh, a church yesterday, I passed by it, there was a sign in the front door window that said, do not enter this church without a mask on. And they're a a Pentecostal, Holy Ghost Church. You're not not a Pentecostal, you don't believe, you don't even believe the Bible. You don't even believe the Bible. What what some people don't realize, Robert, is uh, many people, uh, (laughs) yes, the devil's not omnipresent, You've never heard of demons? I'm not, I'm not, sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if you, you're familiar with demons, but it's not just the devil out there. The Bible says there's spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. That's what we're, we're warring against. And not to mention, many believers just struggle, and it's not even the devil. It's their own decisions they struggle with, their own personal decisions. So you have to learn uh, what God's plan truly is, and then you have to walk according to what the, the doctrine that you follow is everything. It's everything. And that's why number two shook me up so much to recognize God's plan is never-ending increase for his people, never-ending increase. Number three, the third uh, thought process and passage of scripture that changed my life to understand is that it is your dedication to live holy that puts God's hand of blessing upon your life your promotion let me let me me put it a a way that's a little bit easier um for you to write down in the comments number three promotion is driven by dedication put that in the comments section that's number three the third thing that when i i truly got it, it it took me to another level promotion is driven by dedication and that's exactly That's exactly the truth. Promotion is driven by dedication. And of course, I'll take you to Psalm 84, and a very popular verse, verse number 11. Look at this. Verse 11 says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Let me read that again. The Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. So it's favor and honor. They come from the Lord. And he does not withhold any good thing, not one, not one from who, from those who walk uprightly. So for those that are dedicated to walking in righteousness, walking in holiness, the Bible says God will not withhold any good thing from them. Not one good thing, not one, hallelujah, not one. Same with Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added over you. or, or, Or to you, I should say. So you realize now that it is our dedication. It is our dedication that puts us in a place of increase. And what do I mean by our dedication? Uh, our, our faithfulness to live for the Lord, our faithfulness to obey his word, our faithfulness to follow his voice. We just simply call that holiness. We just simply call that holiness. People think holiness is some, uh, you know, complex thing. It's not. All it is is simply obeying the written word of God. That's all it is. Very, very easy to define holiness. It is obeying the written word of God. And of course, if the Lord speaks something to you by his spirit and God, will never speak anything to you by His spirit that contradicts his written word. If he speaks something to you, gives you a leading, tells you to do something and you don't do it, that is disobedience, unholiness. So when we obey the written word and and the leading of the Holy spirit, we are setting ourselves up for the hand of God to be upon our life. Promotion is driven by dedication. No question about that. No question about that. That the blessing of God, the blessing of God, hallelujah, holiness, you know, I, I never, until I heard, until I heard, um, I believe it was Pastor Ataboye preached a message that was entitled the master key and recognized that holiness unlocks the door to every blessing that God has set aside. There's nothing that can stop your holy living, nothing. There are things that can stop your prayer life. There are things that can stop your, uh, uh, your faith from working, like not walking in love. All these other keys in the kingdom, there are things that can stop them from working. There is nothing that can stop your holiness from working. Not one thing. You'll not find it in the Bible. There is nothing that can stop your holiness from working. And holiness unlocks the blessing of God. That's exactly what takes place all through Scripture. Let me read to you again. Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man. Who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, or stands in the way of sinners, sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree, planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season, and its leaves do not wither. And in all that he does, in how much? All that he does, he prospers. And in fact, that's, that's how I would label number three is that holiness unlocks God's favor. That's the way I would label number three. The third process that came to my mind, holiness unlocks God's favor. When you realize there's people think they got to do all these different things. You know, when you, if you were to listen to everything that's, that you hear on Christian television, and there's all, you know, you think it's all these different things and you recognize that simply obeying, simply obeying. Uh, yes, Robert. I'm saying that you have to dedicate yourself to God and do everything that His Word says. Of course, and I, that's why I said I'm not saying the devil won't attack or there won't be a demonic attack against your life. But you're not called to fail when the attack comes. You're called to overcome and get the breakthrough that God has for your life. You can live in victory. Either God's Word is true or it's not true. So I don't may, I don't create doctrine. And it's an extreme error to create or formulate doctrine based upon what's happened in someone's life or someone's life experience. It's foolishness to the highest degree. And that's why people have screwed up doctrine is because they've modified what they believe based upon what has happened to other people. And you'll hear people in church, well, I know a guy that really loved the Lord and he was the most faithful guy to church you'd ever know. Man, did he love God, but you know, he still died of cancer. And, and they'll, they'll start to formulate or change their, their theology on divine healing because they knew a guy, old, you know, old Jim, man, he came to the church, he was the most faithful guy, first one to get there, last one to leave. Man, did he love people. And, and, and they'll, they'll change their whole do- doctrine on divine healing because of what happened to brother Jim. But I would remind you, That Brother Jim is not the Word of God, and Brother Jim's life is not the Word of God, and Brother Jim's experiences are not the Word of God. And I don't base my theology or formulate theology on something that's happened to someone else. Bad stuff happens because there is an actual enemy of your soul who is fighting to take take you out. He is the thief. And he's fighting to take you out. That's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. And you've got to fight. See, this is why the Western church in America and England and and Canada uh, has been hurting. The reason they're hurting is because of the type of preaching that's crept into churches. If you don't see by now what a demonic attack against the church the seeker-sensitive movement was, You're not looking. You don't understand. If you don't know what what an attack uh, that was against the church, you don't understand spiritual things. You don't understand spiritual things. And so get back to the Bible. Get back to reading and understanding those that truly divide Scripture properly and understand it properly. Holiness unlocks the favor of God. And I'm telling you that right there, there is nothing that can bring a greater increase upon your life than holiness. Than holiness. Number four. This was a big one for me. Let me give you these last two before we pray. This was a very big one for me. Um, The difference. Let me think of the best way that we can write it in the comments. Number four. If you'll do what's mandated, you'll always have proper rest. That's number four, put that in, put that in the comments. Number four, if you'll do what's mandated, you'll always have proper rest and resource to be honest with you. I'll explain what that means. I'll explain what that means. Um, if you'll do what's mandated you'll always have proper rest and resource I'm in Psalm 127 and I'm going to read you uh, a couple of verses here Psalm 127 and starting in verse 1 That's number four. If you'll do what's mandated by by the Holy Ghost for your life, you'll always have proper rest and resource. Unless, this is Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early, and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives his beloved or his loved ones rest. He gives his loved ones rest. I uh, I was in Brazil. And I'd been traveling non-stop. I mean, I'd been going week after week after week in revival. And I was there in the hotel. This was in the middle of the revival in Brazil. And I was just praying in the Holy Ghost. I was worn out. I was worn out. And I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And I was asking God, give me strength for tonight. Give me a word for tonight. Help me to minister to your people tonight. And... Uh, <clears throat> As I was praying for strength, because I was so tired from traveling so much and preaching so much, as I was praying for strength, instead of getting that, I got an answer from the Lord that really did invigorate me and opened my eyes to this number four. The Lord just simply said to me, you know, you're not my only worker. (laughs) That hit me so hard. That's exactly what I heard. He said, you know, you're not my only worker. And I thought, oh, I was making God proud by doing so much, doing the most, you know. And I thought, man, I'm doing, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm making God proud, doing so. You know, and I always, of course, there was an urgency in my spirit to do what the Lord's asked me to do. But then the Lord brought this to my attention. He said, and, and, and when I heard this, let me just tell you something. When I heard this, it shook me forever forever. The Lord said this because I was so hardcore praying for strength just to get, you know, do everything you want me to do. He said, I love you more than what you can do for me. Think about that for a minute. Get it in your spirit. It's exactly what the Holy Ghost. I'd never heard that word in my life. Wasn't expecting to hear it. And he said, I love you more than what you can do for me. So like as the child of God, he loves me more than the work I do. He loves me as an individual more than the work I do for the kingdom. He loves me as his child. And he said, you're not my only worker. I've got plenty of workers. Lots of workers. And he said, you're not the only one and I love you more than what you can do for me. And it's like this jumped up in my spirit where he was showing me and it was like he posed this question to me in my spirit. It just like came up in my mind. What do you think that's better? What do you think I would rather have? This was the Lord asking me this. What do you think I would rather have? You minister as hard as you can for 20 years, burn out and die early or just burn out and fade into oblivion, you know? You're 45 years old and you've burnt yourself out and your health has declined and you're just, you either die or you just, you know, whatever, mental breakdown because you've just gone nonstop with no rest because there's so urgent Jesus is coming. He said, Or do you think I would rather have you minister long and strong? Long and strong. Well, I knew the answer to that. He'd rather have me minister long and strong. And the Lord directed me. I'd never, I had, I promise you, this was total Holy Ghost because I had never seen this this way in my entire life. And I've been in church since I was two weeks old. And I'd never seen this ever as a revelation. But the Lord directed me to Mark chapter six. And so I opened my Bible there. And I, I went down to the 30th verse. He said, read th- 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 verses 30 and 31. So I did. And uh, the Bible says, now listen to how this goes down. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. Remember, he's the one that called them. He's the one that commanded them to go. He's the one that put urgency in their spirit. We've got to do what we were sent to do while it's yet day. The night is coming where no man can work. All right. They told him all that they had done and taught. Now look at this. And he said to them, now come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. Now get this in your spirit. Jesus who preaches urgency. Jesus, the harvest is plenteous. The labors are few. The night is coming where no man can work. All these things, these urgent things that Jesus said in the Gospels, they come back telling him, Yeah, we're doing it, Lord, we're doing it. What did he say to them? That's great, I'm glad you've been doing it. Now get back out there and do some more. Nope, that's not what he said. He said, Now come away, come away and rest. Rest yourselves. He said, Well, that doesn't sound like he's too urgent to get him back out there. There's people dying, there's people on their way to hell. Yes, but I need you long and strong, as long as you can go. And of course, we know persecution was hitting heavy after the early church was started and many of them were martyred. But he said, rest yourself. Rest yourself. Why? God wants to give his loved ones rest. And many times, and I've learned this, things that we think we're doing for the Lord, we're really just running around and doing every single thing that presents itself to us And that burns us out rather than, that's why I said that if you'll do what's mandated, you'll have proper rest. Because if you'll just do what the Lord told you to do, don't get caught up in comparison. Don't get caught up in uh, judging yourself compared to others. That's a mistake. Well, what about this? And he's doing this and she's doing this. and I need to do this and they don't get caught up in that. Don't get caught. The Bible says comparing yourselves among yourselves, you are unwise. You're unwise. And so uh, the Lord wants you to do what he's called you specifically to do. And then he wants you to rest yourself. He wants you to be prepared for the next thing that he called you to do, that he spoke to you to do. That's why it really blessed me when I heard Bishop and their and their mandate, you know, which was, Lord... Don't let us do anything that you didn't call us to do. Don't let us uh, go anywhere that you didn't call us to go. And don't let us have anything that you've never called us to have. Why? Because when you operate in that way, there's no pressure on you. I'm not going to go where he didn't call me. I'm not going to do what he didn't tell me. And I'm not going to obtain what he didn't give me. I'm going to go and operate by mandate so that if I'm operating under my mandate, then everything comes easy because the Lord builds the house. That's why I read you Psalm 127. I don't wanna build things that the Lord's not building. I don't wanna do things that the Lord's not doing. I only wanna do what he's asked me to do. And when you operate like that, let me tell you something, it's a whole nother level of easy. If you think God wants your life to be hard, And everything to be obtained by the, you know, so hard. That's not what he wants. Faith does not just make things possible. Faith makes things easy. Faith makes things easy. Now the fifth one is is really where I misspoke on the third one. Whereas holiness attracts the favor of God. That was number three. Number five truly is dedication determines your promotion. Number five, that was the fifth thing that I I saw from the Lord. So number one, the word of God is spiritual nutrition. Number two, the the life of the believer should constantly increase. Number three, uh, holiness provokes the favor of God. Number four, if you'll operate by mandate, you'll have plenty of rest and resource. And then number five, your dedication determines your promotion. And I saw this, something that I even uh, quote a lot when I pray, verses like Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7, promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord and he alone decides who will rise and who will fall, who will rise and who will fall. So we ask ourselves, okay. If promotion doesn't come from a boss, if it doesn't come from the government, if it doesn't come from culture, if if none of those things are true and it only comes from the Lord and He alone decides who will rise and who will fall, then how does He determine who will rise and who will fall? Well, the Word of God tells us. Word of God tells us. The Bible says uh, that without faith, Hebrews eleven six. 6. It's impossible to please God. And they that come to God must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. You see that? It is the diligent seeking that brings the rewards. How does God choose who he's going to promote? He's looking for people that are diligently seeking him. We go to, uh, for example, 2 Chronicles 16.9. 2 Chronicles 16.9, I quote it all the time. The eyes of the Lord. Let's go there, and if you you haven't marked it up in your Bible, mark it up in your Bible. 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. See that. To give strong support. One translation said he will show himself strong and mighty on their behalf. Well, let me tell you something. When God shows himself strong and mighty on your behalf, you will see the promotion of heaven upon your life. It is impossible for God to show himself strong and mighty on your behalf and you not see the promotion of heaven. Impossible. If God's fighting your battles, enemies are dropping like flies. Enemies are dropping like flies. Every enemy of your soul, every enemy of your mind, your body, dropping like flies. And then catch this. I mean, I can go through all these passages. I mean, I could tell you Job thirty-six eleven. if they'll only obey and serve me, They'll spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. You can go right through the list. Every time you seek God fully and you do what he's asking you to do by dedication, promotion always comes. I quoted this to you during the fast. And of course, again, this is an Old Testament uh, prophecy from Jeremiah This is what happens when God gets a hold of you because of your dedication. Jeremiah 30 and verse 19. Out of them shall come songs of thanksgiving and the voices of those who celebrate. And I will multiply them and they will not be few. I will make them honored and they shall not Be small. Get that in your spirit. And that's the thing. Wayne, as Wayne said on YouTube, God in heaven is the only friend I have and the only one I really need. Well, there you go. Because the whole thought process is that I don't care who is displeased with my life. If God is pleased with it, then I'm going to the next level. Promotion is coming. Promotion comes from the Lord. And if he's pleased, then I don't care if everybody else opposes me because if God is for you, tell me who can be against you. If God's for you, the, the, that's a rhetorical question. The answer, no one can be against you. I don't care if three armies unite together to destroy you and your families and clans and tribes. God will go ahead of you and destroy every one of those armies that outnumber you and then all you go, like Second Chronicles 20, and just pick up all of the treasure for the next three days that they left behind after being taken down by God. That's how it functions. You look at Second uh, Kings 6. A huge army comes to take the prophet and his servant. And when their eyes open in the spirit, they look and see God's angels are surrounding the enemy. And the prophet Elisha said, there are more with us than there are with them. Absolutely there is. Because if God's for you, who can be against you? And God will bring promotion. God will bring, what's it, through Through our dedication. Through our dedication. As we dedicate ourselves to the Lord. The Bible said, when a man's ways, this is Proverbs 16 and verse 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, God will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. Think of that. When a man's ways please the Lord, God will make even his enemies to be at peace with him. And so when God's on your side, and you're pleasing him with your dedication, pleasing him with your life, you better believe his mighty right hand will grab you and lift you head and shoulders above the rest. give you one final scripture on this before we pray. It's the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 21. I quote it often so people can get this in their spirit. Because people, most people can't even believe it when you tell them this is in the Bible. They can't even believe it. But I'm going to show you. God doesn't treat everyone the same and he doesn't love everyone the same. Uh, John 14, 21, Jesus speaking. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. So notice, this is the greatest level of dedication you could ever have, to have his commandments and obey them. And he said, when that happens, not only will my Father love you, I will love you, and I will manifest myself to you. One translation says, I will reveal myself to you. So the manifestations of Christ, The revelations of Christ are set aside for people who dedicate themselves to the Lord. Bottom line. Bottom line. And I'm telling you, these five things shook my spirit to another level. When you understand that, when you understand about the word being spiritual nutrition, that your life as a believer is called to only go higher and increase, that holiness unlocks the favor of God, that uh, the, doing what's mandated in your life, what's the, your purpose, that will open up the rest you need and it'll open up the resource you need. And that your dedication to the kingdom unlocks never-ending promotion. You just go higher and higher and higher. Changed my life, changed my ministry. Changed my life, changed my ministry. And I pray that it'll do the same for you. I pray that it changes your life, your business, your ministry, your family that things go to another level for you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I I wanna pray for you today before we close because I'm believing God that this is our year of divine possession in Jesus' name. We'll have what we've never had. We'll do what we've never done. We'll go where we've never gone. Father, we come to you today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your power. Thank you that you're doing for us what no man can do. That this will be a year that we will laugh as we see you manifest your glory. Because it'll be so amazing that even heathen will recognize it and know that that was the Lord God Almighty who did what he did. And you'll get all the praise and you'll get all the glory for it in Jesus' name. And I I give you thanks. I give you praise. Now, Lord, put a fire in the hearts of your people today to ingest your word on a new level, to, uh, uh, not only that, but to follow your leading on a new level, to live by your commands on a new level, to do only what's mandated on a new level and to dedicate themselves to the kingdom on a new level. This is our year to see the power of God manifested in Jesus name. And we thank you for that. We give you praise for that in the wonderful name of Jesus. If you believe it, somebody shout amen and throw some Fire and hands up in the comments section if you receive it and if you believe it today. And uh, I'm giving you an opportunity and a challenge to sow a seed today by faith. All the information's on the screen. If you're listening on the podcast, you can swipe up. And in the description, there are links where you can click to sow a seed today. And um, you can always go to MiracleWord.com. Hannah, I love you. Thank you. Mike, I love you. Liz, Paula, love you guys. Uh, you can always go to miracleword.com. Sow your seed by faith, believing this is your year. And you're not going to wait till the end of the year to be blessed. God's going to bless you throughout. This January is going to be great, but February is going to be greater. You know what I've been confessing? And those of you that are connected to our ministry, you'll, get, you'll receive this in the mail. I'm confessing 28 days of glory in February. It'll, every day will be a, a mind blowing day. 28 days of glory. If you thought January was was good, God with less time will do more in your life. February, 28 days of glory in Jesus' name. And so for those of you that are partnering with us, and if you haven't yet, let me heavily encourage you to stand with us in partnership. You know, $85 a month, what can you do? $250 a month, $100 a month, what can you do to stand as we preach the gospel? And for those of you that are partnering, click that partner link on the website, fill out the form, Join us today, join Carolyn and I and the team today as we're pressing forward uh, to touch this generation with the gospel. And uh, for those of you that are sowing, we're sending you in the month of January, Adventuring with Christ by Dr. Lester Sumrall, a powerful story of faith. It will build your faith as well to step out. He, He stepped out to do the impossible before technology was even fully developed and went around the world with seemingly nothing but the faith that he had in his heart. This, this story will build your faith. And then, of course, just like today's podcast on The Last Gen, uh, if you're partnering at $250 or more, we're explaining through this book how we got the Bible, uh, explaining where the Scripture uh, came from, where, where did we get the manuscripts, how was the Bible put together, all of these things. This will be a huge blessing to you. And then, of course, if you're standing in faith and sowing at a $1,000 level with these two books, I'm including... The NET study Bible uh, with full notes, 60,000 notes on scripture, behind the scenes in translation. My favorite study Bible uh, that I've ever seen in all my years of ministry and Christianity. It'll it'll bless you for real. And that's our gift to you. Um, Again, brand new uh, episode out for the last gen uh, on understanding why we believe the Bible. And if you've not yet subscribed to that podcast, it's on all major platforms. Go check it out on our website, miracleword.com forward slash Tomorrow, Carolyn's back in the studio, two o'clock. Uh, I'll be back in the morning, 1030 uh, a.m. Uh, Liz, if you've not yet gotten your statement for your giving, for your taxes, please send an email to Jenna at miracleword.com, J-E-N-N-A at miracleword.com. She'll get you your statement. Uh, if, been, if you haven't got yours yet, we'll get it emailed to you. Thank you for standing with us. I love you guys more than you know. Have an amazing day, and I'll see you again tomorrow. God bless you. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.